Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. How are we? We're, We're good. We're good. We're golden. We're great. We're coming in. <laughs> With a, a a little light episode today. Actually, it might not be light, the questions that are coming so. in right yeah. now. But we're doing another Q&A with A&E, us, right here inside the Strategy Hour podcast. We get crap ton of questions from you guys all the time, both personal and business. And usually we've like already recorded something about it or we've written something about it. But sometimes we just get this kind of like hodgepodge of stuff from you guys. And so we decided to tackle them. In Q&A format, this isn't fancy. We're just going to go down the list and answer what you guys want to know. We're giving the people what they want. Yes. So what they want. let's just start off at the top, right? Yeah. We get this I question hear, all the time. I hear people ask us a lot, Abigail, Emily, what lipstick are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go over mine. I have sure. like four go-to colors just depending on my mood or which, honestly, depending on which one I can find at the time. It's usually where you're at and what is where. Where, I, where am I at? Which one is around me? But I only like two brands of lipsticks, Sephora and Bobbi Brown. My absolute favorite is Bobbi Brown. It's so moisturizing. Three colors from Bobbi Brown that I love are Atomic Orange Brown and Parisian Red. They're my favorite. The atomic orange is kind of like that orangey red that you guys see. And then there's a really lovely Sephora color that I got. It's number M11. It's just a rouge matte. It doesn't say the name. I don't know if it has a name because it's a sample color, but I'm probably going to buy it. It's very like plum and dark and kind of like gothy and I love it. Mm-hmm. So I, I wear Smashbox matte lip stain. I wear it in two colors primarily boss spelled with a w b-a-w-s-e i believe is uh <laughs> like bright freaking red and then uh, i think it, the other one's shopaholic and that's bright freaking yeah. pink and i have worn those a couple times they're not as moisturizing for me as mine. no they're definitely drying but they yeah. they stay on all day so i i yeah. like i like me some lipstick <laughs> So I also hear people asking, and this is more of a generic question, but how did the adoption process work for you, Emily? Yeah. So if you guys don't know, we adopted in January. Penelope is turning six months tomorrow, actually, by the time this goes out. 
We, the adoption process was long. We decided to go through an agency and there are a couple of different options that were available to us at the time. And that was the one that we went with. So we worked with a private agency. We had to get a home study and fingerprints and like get all this paperwork done. And that took about six or seven months to complete and then pay it an application fee. And then basically we waited. So in that waiting time of months and months and months, we would get a call of a couple like maybe babies is what I called them. Babies that had either been born very recently or were due very, very recently. And we kind of had to be on standby and just say yes in case something fell through on the other end. And none of those worked out. We were, there was one point where we were actually looking at flights to fly to New York City to go get a baby that had just been born. And like about before I hit purchase it, something didn't work out. So those kind of sucked. Sounds <laughs> um, like you to your cart, Emily. I know. Well, that's like literally how it felt. So it's fine. So then we finally got the call for Penelope before she was born in July of 2016. And we got to meet the birth mother and then we got to be there when she was born. And so once you like have your baby and like everything's fine, we get temporary guardianship for six months. And then we go back to court and do the finalization. So she'll get our last name and she'll get a new birth certificate and she'll get a new social security card and all that stuff. So we are weeks away from it being finalized and done skis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> so I get this question a lot. So I'm going to have Abby answer it because like people ask me to tell them about Abby and I'm just going to like refer them to this podcast every time I get the question. Abby, how are you feeling after your accident last fall? Uh, okay. So for those of you who don't know, I was in a rear end collision and I was hit hard enough that I hit three cars in front of me. So there was five cars involved in this car accident and to put a long story short, I didn't know at the time, but I had a concussion, which actually was a MTBI, which is a mild traumatic brain injury. I also had some soft tissue damage to my knees, my shoulders, and my back. So I've been in a lot of therapy. So I... I don't even know how many therapy sessions I've been to, but I've been to a lot of PT, a bunch of speech therapy, which sounds kind of strange, but that was actually to help me get back some of my short-term memory, which I lost post-accident. And I'm doing a lot better. My headaches have gone down dramatically. I've had a migraine every day for eight months. And I don't know when they'll end, but I did have a treatment. They, it's essentially Botox. They did 30 shots to the head. That sounds which, awful. That's, it, it is awful, but it was around my hairline and down my neck and in my shoulders. And they essentially numb the nerves that go to your brain. So that's calmed down the headaches tremendously. And since then... Most of my like normal functioning, like Emily can tell you how much of I was just kind of not here for a little while, but I'm now able to function pretty much full capacity at work, which has been great. I still hurt 
<laughs> which sucks. So I haven't necessarily been able to work out the way I used to, but it's getting better. The The main thing I'm avoiding at this point and still trying to find out what's next is I might have to have jaw surgery. My jaw was dislocated in the car accident. So I'll know in the next month or so if that's something that has to happen. Yeah. But hopefully, hopefully not. But enough about me. How's Penelope doing? Oh, yeah, that girl. <laughs> She's awesome. I feel weird answering this question because I, I feel like I'm going to jinx it every time I talk about it because she is so good. Like, she she's so, so good. good. She's so easy. She's so incredible. She has slept through the night since seven weeks. She eats well. She gains weight well. She's hilarious. She's independent and like entertains herself and can like very clearly tell us like, give me some friggin' space, which if that's not my kid, I don't know what is. She fits right in. She's loved more than anything, like literally in the world. She will never understand it at all. But yeah, we're about to start solids. She's um, been on donor breast milk up until this point, which is also another incredible journey that we've been going on. And she's just a rock star. She hasn't been sick. She's just, she has hair like that's eight inches long already, which is insane. She's awesome. <laughs> it is not eight inches long. It's so, it's like three inches long. Because <laughs> like when it's like super curly it and super, super curly. dense and really, really thick. So when like when you string it out, it's like three or four inches long, which is crazy. Yeah, it's gonna it's, be wild hair. It it's is awesome. gonna be wild hair. Yeah, she's the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. She's gorgeous. She has beautiful mm -hmm. skin. I, mm -hmm. I want to caress it, which is strange sounding, <laughs> but I just love her little feet and her little hands, and she's just so cute. I just kiss her face every time I see her. I love her to yeah. death. So Tara wants to know, and this is a this is definitely more businessy question. What role does social responsibility play for you as a business owner mm -hmm. and how does that make you show up differently? So this is a interesting question. We probably should have talked about it before we went on the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, we can hear our, our each perspective. <laughs> sure. So as far from my, from my perspective, I think I've been really conscious of what's going on in the world and try to be mindful of the things people are going through. I've never in my life been so aware of like, when cer certain events are happening, like a hurricane or like a like a crazy like natural disaster, or, you know, something major political comes up or this or that or whatever. I try to be mindful of them. I try to be respectful of them. But I also try to stay relatively neutral <laughs> uh, because I want to be someone that anyone feels like they can come to. And yeah. So what yeah. about you? Yeah. I think like it's kind of going off of that where my, how I take social responsibility is making sure that the business we create, the education that we provide, the community that we foster a hundred percent lets women know that they are included, they are invited, that they fit in, and that they can actually actually take shit from us and make incredible things happen in their yeah. business. I think that 
so often. And I remember these conversations clearly when I was starting from a lot of people that I'm really close with about the fear of our messaging being, you know, too babish or too just for women or too gendered and feeling like I would cast a wider net if I like generalize that more and made it applicable for everyone. And first of all, y'all know, once you start speaking to one person, you really, really open up your doors for the people who you're meant to serve. But I, I really pushed back against that feeling of wanting to create an environment for everyone. And I absolutely know that our environment is not for everyone. And we do not have a lot of dudes in our community. And I'm 100% okay with that. I do not feel like I have to create a space for them because there are so many spaces already for them. And if mine even feels a little bit exclusive to that, I don't feel bad about that. Right. And, and I've like given up that feeling. Yeah. And I think, I think it's probably good that we both come at it from a different place, you know, cause I, I'm still mindful of all those things, but I'm a little more, like, if the dudes wanted to show up, I'd, I'd let the dudes show up, whereas Emily is like, should we kick them out? <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple dudes who are hilarious, and, like, we support and we love. Shout, and, shout yeah. out hashtag boy babe. <laughs> hashtag boy babe. And Stacy, who has a woman named, but he's most definitely a dude, Parker, who's a part of our team, like, you know, I get down with my dudes, but I am just not in tune with creating a space that makes them feel safe because there are so many spaces where women don't feel safe online. Yeah. And that is one of the frontiers where we are often attacked for our opinions. We're often attacked and literally threatened for speaking up and doing big shit on the internet. And I won't stand for that. Awesome. Okay, so I'm like totally changing gears again, yeah, but here go we go. So Marie wants to know, did you ever have to deal with family or friends not getting what you're trying to build at the beginning, <laughs> not believing you'd be successful? And if yes, how did you deal with it? So I, I want to so answer First this of all, why do you laugh? Yeah, so I want to answer this question as someone three to five years ago when I was starting. Okay. And someone now. Okay. So three to five years ago when I was starting, I was starting a photography business. Okay. And everyone like was starting a photography business. It was pick up your camera and charge $75 and do a CD and everything was fine. And I didn't understand like if I made it a legit business and if I talked about it like it was a business that people would respect certain people. Certain people would take me more seriously and other people would be like, oh, that's not for me. Because what I found was when I was doing it for free or doing it for super, super cheap, that it was literally I would start to get the text messages of like, hey, so and so, like literally my cousin's, you know, first birthday party is happening. Would you mind just like bringing your camera? And I knew what that meant. It was I want you to come to the party because you're literally our family, but I want you to take pictures for free and I want to have them for free. And I hated getting treated like that because I was trying to make this a serious thing and, and, and having clients come in that I didn't know that were strangers that were not my family. So I realized that like when I kind of like treated it as like this hobby or just like, sure, 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 I can do whatever. I'm just good at like with my camera. I got treated that way back. 
And so it was really in my control to kind of shift that conversation. And I literally, when I got tired of getting those type of texts, I literally sent my aunt an invoice. And I said, I would love to do that. Here's my fee. You can pay it now and I would be happy to bring my camera. If not, I'm just going to show up as a family member. And that really stopped that conversation real quick because she didn't want to pay it. So my answer to that now is there are definitely people who do not get what we do because there are people who like literally just don't even understand how the internet works in my family and like in my circle and they just don't understand like, okay, but you, but you don't go to like an office outside of your home and like I, you don't work with clients anymore. So like literally how do you make money? And that doesn't bother me anymore because I just can't explain online community to certain people. I think that's the biggest thing that I've run into now is Uh um, in the beginning, people enough got what we were doing because we had like a client-based business and we were serving clients in a pretty typical sense. Like they understood it, even though it was online, it was relatable. Now what we are doing is so far different from anything they are used to, that the majority of my family just literally doesn't understand what I do for a living. Yeah. And I will say the majority of them are very proud of me, which I am grateful for. Right. But they, they're they just like, well, she's kind of like a teacher. Right. <laughs> or she's right. kind of like this. And they just don't know how to explain it. And yeah. granted, I don't know how to explain it to them either. And right. and that's okay. And I've just learned to accept it and move on mm-hmm. because it's just not worth my breath. Whereas mm-hmm. before it would have really bothered me. Now, yeah. I will say one of the things I ran into early on and have kind of had to learn how to deal with was my husband and he might listen to this. So I will be very mindful of that. But he he is an amazing human being. But he's always been skeptical. And he's never really sure of where things are going. And so he's always played devil's advocate for anything I've ever done. And so he was more of like the I'll believe it when you prove it to me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and as, especially as someone who needs words of affirmation for their love, that would really stab me at the heart because right. all I really needed from a spouse or a loved one was someone to tell me that I could do it and then yeah. I would do it Yeah. rather yeah. than someone pushing back and saying, will you show me you can do it and right. then I'll believe you. Well, I think that that's why we've been able to do great things because I constantly grew up in the family of being like, I don't necessarily know what you're doing, but whatever you do, you rock at it and you're really good at it. And I know you're going to make something great. Like I, I like, I'm practically an only child. This is a whole nother conversation. I have a half brother. He's my brother, but there's a 12 year age gap. And so we both consider ourselves only children and I think part of being an only child and I was the first grandchild on one side and I was the first girl on both sides that that is just you are fueled in a different way of just like literally whatever you set your mind to you can do and I've been raised in a family of very very strong independent women and so they may not 
they might not have gotten what I was trying to do or my mission, but they knew if I touched it and if I like tried it, I would be successful at it. So my biggest piece of advice, if you have someone in your life that you feel like you need to have someone on the same page as, like they they need to get where you're at and they need to be supportive of of you, you need to have a conversation with them. And we really talked about that more in a podcast we did with Jessica Ely earlier this year. So go back and listen to that podcast because A, it's an amazing podcast all around anyway. Episode 41. Episode 41. But I also talk about how I had that conversation with my husband and how it was able to change our relationship. So that may be something you need. Yep. So next question. What advice would you give someone who has hit a funk or a wall in their business and struggling to get the fire back? First of all, dance it out. Yeah, like literally put on some damn tunes and dance your freaking heart out. So tell them about the time that we had that one client that I won't name any names and that we put on that like Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was a weird wall because it was a, we, the wall was kind of two tiered where we were finally done with the work. It was just like an unpleasant client. We, the energy just surrounding that whole thing just wasn't great for either of us, our creativity or anything. And I think it was that client that really shifted us to be like, okay, we've got to unlock something else in this business because we can't keep doing work like this because it literally drains us. So I think that dance out like was so freeing and releasing for like all of those levels. But we literally, this is when I still lived in Oklahoma. So we lived four hours apart. We got on a Google Hangout on our computers mm-hmm. and I blasted Ariana Grande's problem. And we just like freaking poured that out of our like skin and just like got it away from us as far as we could by dancing. Yeah. And it was amazing. I had a a side cramp like 37 seconds in and like we were sweaty and I was dizzy, out of breath. Yeah. I've also done the like get in the car and scream as loud as you can (laughs) thing. I did that just the other day. Like I walked out onto my deck and just yelled. But so I think the reason why we say those particular things, and you have to know yourself, but if you have a certain type of vibration and energy, you have to release it. You have to release it. So maybe that's going for a run. Maybe that's yelling. Maybe that's hitting a pillow. Like I'm like, literally, maybe it's these things. It's not listening to a podcast. It's not reading a book. Like I can tell you, it's not taking a bath. It's not to push it out of your body. You need to get rid of it first and then you can address the problem afterwards. Yes. But so what we've, what we have found helpful for us and you have to know yourself, but a do the first, like get that funk out of you, dance it out, yell it out, whatever it needs to be, get it physically out of your body and then literally step away, just step away. Go to a coffee shop. We've even Go cried. call your mom. We've even cried and yes. had wine and yes. like allowed ourselves Talk to grieve about, about it. Something else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, grieve it. Like literally recognize it for the shit like season that it is. Mm-hmm. But know that you can create a plan to pivot that and change it. You just might not be able to do it that day. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if you get that negative energy out... And then give yourself some space, whether that be six hours or 12 hours, like sleeping on it, whatever, come back to it with a fresh mind. 
And I'm telling you, there's going to be something that's in there that comes out of that, that you're going to be able to feel really inspired to travel down even further and see what it uncovers for you. So get it out, recover. Yep. You just got to, you just got to find yourself in it and come back to it later because I don't know. I think if you try to, it's like hitting the same nerve over and over and over again. You're just gonna like make the problem worse if you're trying to like tackle it head on at the in the moment that it's bothering you the most. So step away and come back. Yes. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Okay, so podcasts and books, 
that we listen to, have read, yada, yada. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to be totally honest and say, in this season of life, I have not done much of either because I have not had the time. I've, I just haven't. When I do have a minute, I've actually been binging on more Facebook Lives than I have been on, on actually catching up on podcasts. I watched... Todd Herman's series leading up to his 90-day year launch. I I watch Jessica Stansberry all the time, mostly because I love Jessica Stansberry and she's my good friend. And But when I do have time to actually listen to a podcast, I en- enjoy All Up In Your Lady Business because it's often very not businessy. Not that, th- <laughs> not that you can't get advice from it. They're, they have amazing guests. But it's more like chatting with friends. And I need mm-hmm. that occasionally because I get so business mindset all the time that I need a refresh. And so I really like that. And then I do like Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger podcast. I haven't listened to every episode by any means, but it's very calm. I'll often listen to it before I go to sleep because Jenna's voice is just so, like, I feel like if you listen to me before you go to sleep, like, you would have crazy dreams. So, <laughs> but if Jenna, like, she's just, like, so peaceful and so calming. Like, not that I fall asleep to her voice, but sometimes. <laughs> but she yeah, just she, has a way about herself. I I don't listen to really any business podcasts anymore. I used to listen to Smart Passive Income, like, on the regular and being boss on the regular. I think I just got so overwhelmed and I just started to like, I need to just make decisions in my business instead of just think about them anymore. And I use podcasts as a way to shut my brain off. So question I saw in another group earlier this week was how do you transition from like being at work and in work mind to like leaving your home office and coming home and like, transitioning time to spend with your spouse, your partner, or your kids. And I really like started to think about that. of Like, what does that mean for me? Because I don't have a commute. I can't like literally drive anywhere, but well, a, you go pick up your kid now. Well, yeah. A, now that Penny has, we have childcare outside the house. I do go pick her up and I have to pick her up by four 30. So I like stop work at four 15 I go drive to pick her up and I'll put on a podcast. We come home, I put her in the kitchen and I start like kind of meal prepping for dinner and I'm listening to the podcast and we have about 45 minutes before my partner comes home. So then he comes home, he like likes his one-on-one time with Penny and so I'm like cooking and I'm finishing up that podcast and that helps me kind of transition into home life zone. So I listen to criminal podcasts. It's my new favorite It is amazing. They're all less than 30 minutes, which is super helpful for a really quick drive or like as you're prepping dinner. My favorite murder is another favorite of mine. I love obviously true crime criminal type podcasts. That one's super fun. It's definitely more lengthy. Like some of their shows go like to an hour and a half and it has a lot of chatter and like commentary until like before they get into the story. But it's really fun. I've gotten to really like those ladies who host it. And those are both two lady-hosted podcasts, which I am obviously a fan of. As per books, I 
finished reading The Energy Bus and The Positive Dog like last month, which was super, super helpful. I'm trying to kind of get into a reframe of positive thinking and like being grateful. I really struggle with that. And so those have been helpful for me in kind of rethinking. Instead of reading things related to business, I've read a lot more articles related to like energy and like auras and like really woo-woo stuff. We (laughs) did like this whole exercise in our team the other day where we were like, asking everybody what their personality type was, both their Myers-Briggs and what was the other one called? The The Enneagram. Enneagram. Yeah. And then the same website that I found the Enneagram test had a, had a chakra test. And so I was looking at that and I, I'm, I'm religious. Like I'm, I believe in God and all of that, but I also like I'm a little bit woo-woo and I've I've tried to learn more about some of that stuff because that's not stuff I grew up learning about. And so I try to be more self-reflective and more mindful mm-hmm. and being mindful has helped both of us, like being present and like learning it's to do so that. Hard. And so if you can even like instead of listening to a business book, yeah. like I would rather you spend two minutes like smelling the room and like how does the air feel on your skin and mm-hmm. like how does the sunlight feel hitting you through the window and like that practice alone will give you so much more energy and space yep. than I think shoving more information in your brain <laughs> yep no 100% so Barb went real deep oh. and Barb wants to know If you could change any aspect of your lives right now, either business or personal, what would it be? So, Barb, way to (laughs) slap me across the face. Why don't you? (laughs) No. Okay. So to be completely honest, the biggest thing I would change is my weight. I don't – I mean, obviously, we've talked about eating in the past and a little bit about our eating disorders But in addition to all that nonsense, I've gained a lot of weight after the car accident because of the medications I've been on, and that's been really tough. And as a woman who doesn't have children and would like to have children, (laughs) it's definitely something that is preventing me from that next step. And so it's something I've been really thinking about lately, but also something I've always struggled with. I've always been one to be able to please everyone else. But when it comes to like holding true to something that only I have to hold true to, like I really suck at it. Mm -hmm. So I've been able to lose like 20 pounds or 30 pounds or something. And then I hit a wall. But as a woman who needs to lose, like literally, I'm not joking with you. I may look fine in photos. I know how to stand right, (laughs) y'all. I need to lose somewhere between 100 and 150 pounds. Like that is like crazy overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just can't even fathom how it's possible or how I can do it or how I could get there. And so if I could like a trainer for our business. I like a, like a health coach trainer. Yeah. 
We should. Yeah, we, we both be, need it for different reasons. Yeah, for different because <laughs> you're lazy as fuck, and I just <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. So Barb, if I could change anything, I would, I would, I would honestly reverse pre car accident and at least be where I was then. So yeah. a, I wouldn't have to deal with all that hell shit. And I wouldn't have gained the weight I did, but I can't. So I'm looking forward and going into the rest of this year, in addition to like really continuing to work on the business, I'm going to try to work on myself a little more. Get it, girl. So I, my thing is also personal related. I, so my husband works in corporate world and he works six days a week. Not everyone knows that. And it fucking sucks. I also know that it is kind of just a job for him. It has amazing benefits, like literally amazing benefits, like holy crap, incredible benefits. And that's those are definitely like the golden handcuffs, as they call them, that are keeping him there. But he is he's not fueled by it. It is not his passion. But the struggle is that we also don't know what is. So if I could wish for anything, I would wish clarity for him so he could... um, You should wish clarity for both our husbands then. Right? So they could find what they love to do. And so he could be home with us more often. And we could have more freedom and our flexibility of just our schedule. Like literally, we still want him to work. Like (laughs) we both tried him staying at home when he was on paternity leave and it was awful. It was so bad. It's just not the thing that our marriage needs. But I do want to be able to be like, hey, do we all want to go grab lunch today together and do that thing? And hey, can you hop out early so we can head out of town for the weekend? I want to do that kind of stuff. And so hoping for that. He needs flexibility, but he needs needs structure still. And because he thrives in that structure. So does my husband. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thing to wish for or hope for or work towards or whatever. Exactly. Okay. Kathy Olson wants to know how we stay motivated when working from home. And do we have days when we are just tired and don't feel like working? So how do we stay motivated when working from home? Honestly, I don't have a huge problem with Mm -hmm. staying motivated. Motivation is not my lack of anything. (laughs) Y'all drive me. So I just mentioned like two minutes ago that I have problems with holding things true to myself, like things that are like self things I have problems with, but things where I'm promising the world or I'm promising other people, I always stick to those. Mm -hmm. So in our business, for whatever reason, I have somehow convinced my brain that if I don't show up or I don't do my job, that I am letting down all of our Instagram followers, everyone in our Facebook group, everyone in our email list, and they will regret the day that I don't do my job. And so, <laughs> like, I know that sounds crazy and, like, like ridiculous and over, like, it's way over the top when I realize it. And I know people don't give a shit. But I 
I've been a, I've been able to reframe that enough to use it to move me forward because if I didn't do that, then I would sit on the couch and watch Netflix every day. And so I have to use outside people to motivate me because I know if it was just me pushing the business, like I am self-motivated. Yes, but I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? I I think I go through seasons of like really, really wanting to veg out and just like do work in a different way where like I'll really want to work for the coffee shop because I just can't go into the office one more day or I'll like really, really hammer out office work and then just like need to take the afternoon off. But I've never like not wanted to do the things and... I think that comes from a family of like ladies who like literally never sit down. Like my mom can't even, she can't even go to the movies. Like she cannot justify like sitting down for two hours when there's like so much other stuff that she could be doing. No, um, I don't know if my mom has ever watched like a whole Netflix show. Right. Right. And so, and when my mom is Netflixing, she's making jewelry. Like she's doing other stuff while she's doing it. And so I've always been that type of multitasker and I like what I do a lot. Yeah. Now, I will tell you when we were doing client work, I procrastinated oh. like shit because I didn't like it. But showing up the way that we do here yeah. is my jam. So, so I think it's the key is finding something you really love to do. And then it makes it so much easier to stay motivated. Uh-huh. And of course, there are days I'm tired. There are plenty of days. Like January was a shit show. And yeah. neither of us had we the time like or the five space. hours in the entire month. Yeah. Neither of us had the time or the space to work. And that was okay. But we had set up our business to handle it. Yeah. And, but generally speaking, we try to keep to our plan. And so if we have a couple of things planned for a day, they have to get done before we take a break. But if we get those things done, we're all about quitting at three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. So do we want to go over time and answer more questions that we've gotten in the group? Or do we want to have like a part two? Oh, let's answer some more questions. I think I think we should answer some more questions. Pick some. Okay. Can and should you trademark your signature program online course? And if you can, would you suggest any resources? So, of course, you can trademark your signature course name. You can't trademark the actual course itself. You can copyright the material that's in it. But you can trademark the program name. Do I think it's necessary? Probably not for a while unless you would ever want to take legal action or ever want to send cease and desist. You Just so you know, you can send cease and desist letters whether you have a trademark in place or not. So if you start using a name and you know you used it first and someone tries to copy you, you still have a copyright. So you could still send them a cease and desist letter without a lawyer involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could get a lawyer involved if you wanted to, but you can send them a letter and tell them not to do it. Taking them to court is a ridiculous 
inherently expensive process. But mm-hmm. I do think protecting yourself is important. I think at some point we'll probably end up trademarking a few things in our business. We don't have yeah. we don't own any trademarks yet. Right. As far as resources, I highly suggest you check out Christina Scalera. She has a bunch of trademark information on her website. She's pretty legit. Yeah. So Jessica wants to know what investment had the greatest impact on your business? <laughs> I have like 17 different answers for this. Oh my gosh. Like, if we're talking greatest impact as on like immediate return on investment for dollar for dollar. A Facebook course. A Facebook course. If you're talking about investment as in like over time, we saved a ton of money, we converted more people, like we did end up making more money, convert kit. If you're talking made my life more pleasant and I wasn't an angry person anymore, hiring people. Yes. So like, it depends on what <laughs> avenue you're talking about. <laughs> we have different answers. I, I definitely, I cannot ever say it is one thing. And I, and I don't because I strongly believe that there's never one thing that is neither crucial or the only reason for your success. Like ever. Mm-hmm. So there. Monique wants to ask, what steps do you ladies take to embrace diversity in your community? And how would you encourage your students to do this as well? So Monique and I have talked about, all of us have talked about this a lot before. We've had the conversations, but she's just wanting us to encourage y'all to kind of do some stuff in your own business. So this is something that, like, admittedly from day one, we've recognized that, like, we're not the best or the worst at. There's always room for improvement, no matter what you're talking about. Actual action steps we've taken is literally trying our damnedest to extend that invitation to as many people as we can as often as we can. That includes like making sure our Instagram feed is a little bit mixed up. So like finding stock images that have people of color, having people of color on our podcast so their faces can be on our Instagram feed, having people of color as roles in Team TCC and in our business so we can just extend that invitation and open that door in order for just like literally like from the outside looking in that you feel like you would be safe here and you feel like but you it's would be not included. it's not just women of color i think we have right. diversity in a lot of different ways we've had contractors and employees of different sexual orientations mm-hmm. and we've had women who've worked all over the world. So they weren't all people from the US. We've had immigrants, we've had, I mean, all sorts of things. So I think it comes in moms, married people, people with no kids, people who don't like dogs, which is a whole different breed of people. (laughs) Just kidding. We we only hired one person who didn't like a dog. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) she was a cat person no it's okay but no seriously I think we've gone out of our way but I think the biggest thing is we're never trying to like fill a number so like right yes we have a quota or a staff right contractors at any given time uh like most of them are women right (laughs) 
Like, right. we're, we're not trying to, like, put halfsies with the guys. Um, right. We're not trying right. to put so many, like, Asian or Latino or Black right. or whatever. And so I think moving forward, that will always stay the center of mm-hmm. attention. We're going to find the best person for the job, and that's going to be the priority. Well, um, and I think what's happened in our business is that we honestly don't even go out to find the best person for no. the job. We hire people who speak up. Yeah. And who, like, do work yeah. and make it known their talents. And then if they've made an impact in the business, consider having them brought onto the team. So yes. at this point, it's literally just a bunch of people reaching out to us and then us kind of filtering that stuff. And that's the same for the podcast and sponsorships. And, and the blog is open for anyone to write for um, and use it as a platform. So the opportunities are there for sure. I have like a couple more from Parker. Yeah. Okay. How and when did the two of you figure out you had something of value to others? That's his first part of his first question. Day one of my life. <laughs> so <laughs> so here's the secret. Here's the secret sauce. We had this huge advantage over all y'all. And it had nothing to do with starting with a social media following or being famous in a previous life or any of this. (laughs) We just had two moms that believed in us more than anything. And Mm -hmm. from the day we were born, despite any obstacles they faced personally, financially, health-wise, anything, they honed in every single day that we could do whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. And so... They basically gave us very bloated (laughs) ego. Our heads are giant. (laughs) And so we just really thought we could do whatever. And so we knew we were really valuable coming out of the gate. So that wasn't something we ever struggled with. Right. Um, But specifically, his next question, many entrepreneurs focus on what they want to offer, but they don't think about what about the offer is actually something anyone wants. So... We really just wrapped this up in the five days to launch challenge on finding your MVP. What are you good at? What do people come to you for? And we strongly believe in everyone starting their business on a foundation of something that you can do with your eyes closed, whether that's your passion product or not. If you can get it out the door for like as little money as possible, as quickly as possible and getting clients or customers in and making cha-chings, you can build any type of business off of that because we're all about that pivot. But in order to like literally what do your people want, we like from day one have never been shy of picking up the phone or Facebook messaging someone or emailing someone or whatever and literally asking if there's anything out there that could be made to make this type of part of your business or life better, what would you need that to be? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we were in the realms of being able to create it, we would. And so I think literally just asking your people, what do they want? Because sometimes even though we are our own ideal client at the end of the day, or usually at the start of all of this, it's just like, the offer like could include things that you might not have ever thought about until you pick up the phone and ask. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think 
He also asked in the early stages of business, did we ever sell anything that our audience didn't want and it forced us to change our product or service strategy? So yes and no. I think we did so much asking that we always iterated really quickly. So we might have offered something for like half a second yeah. <laughs> that they didn't want or that wasn't working exactly. But we weren't afraid to like change the strategy or tweak it a little bit mm-hmm. in order to make it something valuable or make it something they were looking for. Well, and honestly, I think what we did was we offered stuff that people wanted, but then once we started having to fulfill it, we actually realized we didn't even want to offer that thing. That was the bigger issue. (laughs) That happened to us more time than not, that we actually just didn't like doing that thing. Yeah. So I think the thing we really learned was really, you know, at the end of the day, there's only... Your audience is this big right now, and it's going to sell this many things right now, and your perspective changes as you grow, and Mm -hmm. it's so hard looking backwards because I'll be like, oh my gosh, we only sold 12 of that thing back then, but 12 back then was like massively huge, so exciting. Oh my God, I'm like shaking in my boots. Like I can't imagine like doing this thing ever. And like now if we sold 12, I would be crying and sulking and worried and frustrated. And so your idea of what's working and like what your threshold of success is, is constantly going to change the bigger you get and the more you go through life and go through your business. And I think you're going to be challenged by that. And it's sometimes going to make when you look backwards, you're going to have like a really tainted view of you did well or not, you're going to have to remember what it was like at the time. And so I urge you to take notes along the way, like do your reflections at the time, like if you can have a launch and then do like a wrap up session, immediately following that, while you're still in the moment, you're going to know a year later, if that thing was successful at the moment. Whereas if you're Mm -hmm. looking back on it, you'll be like, was that good? I really don't remember. Because your your views change. Yep. Well, I think we should wrap on that. So this doesn't end up being like a two hour episode. Yeah. (laughs) So if you guys have more questions for a future Q&A, feel free to pop them up in the Facebook group and we'll do a future episode and answer some more questions. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.